Hi there. Let's check in with Hedda again, shall we? This is the 1930s, and one of the great events in German history were the Olympic Games that took place in Berlin in 1936. Now, it was a grandiose event, something that Hitler had hoped would showcase German athleticism and strength. And it was also grandiose because this uh, are the Olympic Games where Jesse Owens won four medals for the U.S. and essentially sort of became known as one of the greatest athletes of all time. Um, I'm pretty sure Hedda didn't go to the Olympic Games, and there are a couple of reasons for that. In 1933, after Hitler came to power, Ernst, Hedda's husband, my great-grandfather, had lost his job because he was Jewish, and the company he worked for was owned by a Jewish man, and this was simply no longer allowed to happen. So he lost a job in 33, got another job in 35 um, for a, a non-Jewish company advising currency issues. But Wolfgang, my great-uncle, their son, had, had to leave school because he was Jewish, uh, Robert too. And so they were both became apprentices at a mechanic shop since they couldn't go to school anymore. And, and Ruth, my grandmother, surprisingly, could stay in school, but she had to go to a Catholic school, unless she couldn't stay at her old school. But things were, um, you know, certainly changing. And, I mean, essentially everything had changed in 1933, but my great-grandparents just wouldn't believe it. I mean, things were getting really bad. And both Hedda and Anne still thought or hoped it would pass. Friends of Ernst from the old uh, army days tried to petition the German state to give him a dispensation from all these constraints, in a sense dis dispense him from being Jewish, uh, since he was a decorated German soldier. But, I mean, really, it was a ridiculous thought. Why would the state make an exception? You know, what were my grandparents thinking? Well, what would you know, They were more German than others? They were more German than the other their other friends, that they would get a dispensation that nobody else was getting. I mean, it was madness. It was absolute blindness. Blindness. They were so blind to what was going on. But in that sense, they weren't alone. There were many other Germans who, German Jews, who were just simply couldn't believe that they were no longer considered Germans in their own country. Some of Hezes' cousins did read the writing on the wall, and they started leaving Germany. Her cousin Walter, Walter was offered a job at the university in Peking. He was a Sanskrit scholar, and he took the job, and he essentially stayed there for the rest of his life. There's an entire Chinese side of my family. Uh, her cousin Robert flees to France, and an uncle of Ernst, Benno Siegel, emigrates to Belgium. But still, Ernst and Hedda stay in Berlin until November 9th, 1938, when the paramilitary wing of the Nazi party and a band of civilians were frothed into violent action across Germany. This was the night that goes by the name of the Reichskristallnacht, the Kristall Night, uh, the, the program against Jews. They ransacked, attacked Jews, they destroyed Jewish homes and Jewish stores, people were pulled out of their homes and beaten or killed, uh, property was destroyed and burnt, especially, I mean, only property that was owned by Jews, that in which Jews lived. This you know, unbelievable act of violence that literally lasted all night long uh, from November 9th to November 10th, 1938, um, happened with not a single opposition from authorities, from German authorities. They, in fact, let it happen and doubled down. The next day, they rounded up approximately 30,000 Jewish men and sent them to concentration camps. Ernst Hedda's husband and Wolfgang, her son, they were among those men. 
Wolfgang was a 16-year-old boy, and with his father, they were both sent to the Sachsenhausen concentration camp, 22 miles north of their hometown. This was early days still, and um, Sachsenhausen was not an extermination camp. They hadn't started building those yet. And somehow Ernst and Wolfgang managed to get out. It's not exactly sure how, um, either because one of Ernst's friends from the army finagled something or because Ernst bought his way out. We don't know. We don't have any sort of certainty about what the story is. But by December 15th, so almost more than a month after they were rounded up, Ernst and Wolfgang are home. And, but this is the experience that finally convinced Ernst there was literally, there was no future for them in Germany. It, it also causes a psychotic break in Wolfgang. He would end up um, having schizophrenia for the rest of his life. So this was, this, this was a short month, but a, a fairly significant one in their lives. Ernst does not suffer a psychic break. He puts all his brain to figuring out this problem. Because here he, he is faced with a problem and he's going to solve it. And he puts his contacts and his networks and, and his money to work to find a way to leave and to figure out where to go. Now, this is still the period when the Nazis are happy to see Jews leave. After all, they haven't started a war yet. And so any Jew that leaves has to leave all their property behind. So in that sense, you know, Jew that leaves is a lot of capital that they can put their, get their hands on. Uh, Ernst is trying to figure out a way in which they can avoid leaving officially so that they can take some of their property with them. Um, and the plan materializes. They'll emigrate via Australia, via the port of Antwerp in Belgium. And once in Australia, they are going to set up a gas station and a mechanic shop where Wolfgang and Robert would be able to essentially run, run the shop. Plans are also in place to send Ruth to London. Um, where she will stay with another cousin who'd moved there earlier and finish her schooling. And she's, in fact, sent off in February 1939. And on July 4th, the move for everybody else is set. Hedda, Ernst, Wolfgang and Robert, as well as uh, cousin Martha, cousin of Hedda's, and two more friends take the train to Aachen. This is um, in, in Western Germany. And then they walk across the border. And by July 6th, they're in Brussels. In her pocket, Hedda is carrying a letter from her mother, Jeanette. Jeanette had to stay behind in Berlin. She was still alive, as was her husband, Alexander. But he was too old and frail to travel by train and, and let alone walk across the border. And so Jeanette and Alexander are alone in the big house in Victoria Louiseplatz, the house where Hedda was born. They have no more help because the German state had made, has made it illegal for Germans to be employed by Jews. And they are living in that big house on that big square in a city from which more and more of their friends are fleeing. And in the letter, Jeanette says goodbye to her daughter. She essentially admits that their relationship was strained and that she wishes it hadn't been so. And that now she's saying goodbye forever because she's most likely never going to see her daughter again. Hedda had left Berlin. She'd left her home. And she'd left her parents. And all of this was very explicit. This was known. There was no secret about this. These, were, these weren't just temporary goodbyes. This wasn't like when she'd gone to the Netherlands for the winter and it would soon be back in Berlin. This was, this was a final goodbye. So it, was a, it wasn't just a physical ordeal. It was an emotional ordeal. And Hedda and Ernst and the boys stay in a small hotel to recover from that and to start planning for the next stage of the journey. They're going to get from Brussels to the port of Antwerp, 
And then from there, they're going to get on a boat and um, with what they did manage to take out of Germany, head to Australia. So they're in Belgium in July 1939. About six weeks later, Germany attacks Poland on September 1st. Great Britain declares war on Germany on September 3rd. France declares war on Germany on September 4th. And with that, all civil seafaring travel was cancelled. That was it. No more passenger ships. So the Australian migration plans are indefinitely interrupted. And Hedda and her family are now literally stuck in Belgium as the Second World War erupts around them. And that is Hedda in the 1930s. And I look forward to keeping you up to date on what happens to her and the family in the 1940s next time. <laughs>